Tonight's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared with him in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we do begin uh, our Lenten adventure this week, starting Wednesday. And just a reminder, Ash Wednesday services will be at 7 in the morning, noon, and at 6.30, upstairs on the third floor in the conference room. So we'd love to have you join us. That's always been a special day for us at All Souls, and so we've tried to give you different options so that you could could come and uh, be a part of that. Uh, And the church calendar, as Russ prayed, transfiguration is a kind of transition from epiphany, which focuses on the early ministry of our Lord, to uh, the passion, to the the cross. And our stories in Luke 9, uh, and, and let's just get a feel for where the transfiguration takes place. The, the first thing that we, we notice is that Jesus is now starting to talk publicly about his death. Verse 21 He strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day raised. So he's at a point in his ministry when when he's starting to kind of narrow things down. He's starting to move towards Jerusalem. And you can tell it's weighing on him. In uh, verse 51, Luke says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So, It's a time of great busyness. It's a time of great stress. I don't know if the Lord could experience anxiety. He was human, so whatever that was like for him, he was feeling it. And in the middle of this, this is what he decides to do. Verse 28, he went up on the mountain to pray. He took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. So if we could step back just for a moment. This is a time in our Lord's life of great stress, of discernment of calling, of focusing on a great challenge ahead of him. And to prepare for it, he goes on a retreat, a spiritual retreat. And I think that is what Lent can be for us. And and I, I want you to just think for a moment, if maybe you can relate to where the Lord is now. Uh, this time of year often feels this way for me. Uh, I notice it does for many of us. 
we as a congregation have just been uh, through a, a kind of a challenging, intense series on shame. I feel a little weary from that. You may too. Uh, one of the things that uh, we normally do in Lent is we kind of take that as a season to go kind of deep and depress in and look at a heavier theme, but not this year. We have uh, been there long enough, I think. And so this year I want to focus more on Lent as a kind of retreat, as a time to rest and refresh and prepare for whatever God has called us. And so what I'd like to do tonight as we look at this story is talk a little bit about how you can prepare for a Lenten retreat, what that might look like for you. Um, and the first thing that, that we notice here is Jesus, if, if anybody, <laughs> if anybody was abiding in Christ on a moment-by-moment basis, if anybody walked with Christ and was sensitive to his spirit every moment of every day, it was Jesus Christ. And yet even Jesus pulls away for an extended period of prayer and rest and retreat. And I think that means that we need to do that as well at times. Uh, And Lent can be that. Most of us can't go away for a week or something like that during Lent. But Lent can be a time when we set aside extra time to care for our souls, to care for our inner world. Um, The word prayer, there's many of them in the scripture. This one is prosukamai. Yukamai means to share your desires or wishes Pros means towards, as in towards God. So at the, at the very essence, prayer is getting with God and sharing your desires and wishes and dreams towards him, somehow communing with him, somehow opening up space, somehow inviting him into your life. That's what prayer is. And one of the things I'm very sensitive to at this point is, is many times when, when I, our preacher says, why don't we spend extra time in prayer During Lent, a kind of a great burden comes over the congregation. And there feels like a great pressure and another thing to do. And even maybe some shame will kind of roll in because I don't do that that well or other people do it better than me. I want to just back up and kind of reimagine what we're talking about here. What I'm suggesting is find some time in your life this Lent to do anything towards God that gives you joy. Define it like that. Any way of encountering God through his word, through scripture, through silence, through nature, through worship, through poetry, through anything that you're reading, through conversation, anything that gives you joy, that gives you life and energy and refreshment and hope. Find extra time this Lent to be with God that way. Now, one of the things we notice is that he takes three friends with him, Peter and John and James. You know, they're not the greatest friends. (laughs) They will soon fall asleep during one of the most important moments of the gospel. They seem to sleep their way through the gospels. And I think there's a lesson in that, in that you go with the friends that you've got. (laughs) These guys weren't great, perhaps, but they were all Jesus had. And maybe sometimes you're disappointed in the friends that God has given you that they're not more spiritual and they seem sleepy and they seem to miss all the cues. Well, go with what you got. 
And maybe there's two or three people that you might just spend a little extra time with during Lent. Kind of just care for each other and press into one another's souls. He also goes up to a mountain to pray. And Mark, it's a high mountain. Uh, It could be Mount Tabor, one of the highest mountains. There's a church there called the Church of the Transfiguration. We don't really know. We do know this. In the scriptures, mountains were sacred places where people met with God. Jesus loved to go away. He had a couple favorite ones. There were a couple mountains he loved, and he loved the Mount of Olives. And so there's a sacred space where he has his retreat. Find a sacred space for you. Maybe you already have it. Just find a space where you regularly connect with God. Uh, it, It might be a chair in your living room. It might be a trail in South Knoxville. It might be a a coffee shop with headphones. Wherever it is, find a sacred space this Lent and regularly visit and spend some time with God. Now, we don't get the sense that Jesus has any expectation of what will happen when he goes into this prayer retreat. And I think that's a good idea. I know I'm often disappointed when I go in an intense time with God or more time with God or even away on retreat and I have great expectations he's going to do this or that. Jesus just seems to need to be alone with God. What happens next is a remarkable encounter. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. His clothing became dazzling white. Behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, there's so much theology here. We could spend weeks just unpacking it. Jesus is the new Moses who goes to the mount and comes down with his face shining. Jesus meets Moses, who represents the law. Elijah, who represents the prophets. They counsel him, who is the fulfillment of the law and of the prophets. There's just all sorts of beauty in here. He is light. He is phosphorus. He is on fire. And that represents him being the light of the world. There's just all sorts of richness here. But the, the thought that struck me this week came on uh, Friday afternoon. We have this guy's Bible study at 1215, which anybody's welcome to. And we were looking at this text and, and Danny Bullington, he said, you know, I see something here I've never seen before. Maybe the father did this just to encourage Jesus. And I I know all the theology is there too, but I just love that idea that the Son of God, God himself, facing a challenge, was so loved by the Father that the Father would actually meet him in prayer in this mystical, powerful way in which he comes down just overwhelmed with the love of God to prepare him for what's coming next. And I don't... I don't think we ever want to go into prayer, you know, kind of demanding a mystical experience or hoping for a mystical experience even. But I do know that sometimes it happens. I think there may be three times in my life where I've had something like that. And the rest of my life, when I'm not feeling God, I go back to those moments. And I remember when God broke through like that. But even when it's not a profound experience like this one, 
I find that often if we will slow down enough to go to that sacred space, to get with those special people, to take that time to be with God, there still is that sense of the Father's affirmation. We're going to see it in a minute again. Just like when he was at the River Jordan being baptized and the Father says, this is my son. I'm so pleased in him. He's going to say it again now a couple years later as he gets ready to walk to the cross. This is my son. Listen to him. And I think that's one of the reasons we need to retreat and spend time with God is because in those moments, he does affirm us. He does bless us. When we experience his presence, it warms our heart. He reminds us of what we're here for, what our calling is. That's why this is so, so important to do. says he appeared in glory and spoke of his departure. The Greek word is, uh, is, is exodus. And so again, another, another powerful image there that just as Moses led the people of God out of bondage of sin in Egypt, Jesus is the new Moses and through the cross is going to lead the people of God out of their bondage to sin. There's going to be a great exodus at the cross. So Peter falls asleep. When they stand up, he sees the two great men of the Old Testament with Jesus. And the first thing he wants to do is build three tabernacles, three, three buildings. And Luke says kind of, I don't know if this was tongue-in-cheek or not, but Luke says, and he really didn't know what he was saying, <laughs> which is an interesting little comment. I wonder how many times when the Lord's listening to me, he's saying to the other members of the Trinity, he, he really didn't know what he was saying there. <laughs> Peter doesn't really know what he's doing here. What is he doing? He's in the presence of God. He's moved. And so he wants to build stuff. (laughs) He wants to make something. He wants to go out and do something. And I would suggest to you that maybe, maybe right now is not the time for that. Maybe this is a season just to kind of be in the presence of God for, for, for a while without having to go build something. And maybe when we start to see and feel and sense the Spirit of God moving in our lives and we start to sense a calling and a vision and, 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 a, and a place in the world that we're supposed to move towards, maybe instead of immediately building something, we'd be better to just stay in the mountain a little longer. Just to kind of sit and listen, wait, and see what unfolds. So this is going maybe a little too far. I would encourage you during Lent, if you kind of want to get on board with this, maybe slow down some of your decisions. Maybe you've got, if you're a part of our community and you're going to walk through this retreat together with us, And maybe there's a big looming decision before you. Sometimes I realize you have to make them. I'm surprised in my life how often, though, I thought I had to make it when I didn't really have to make it. (laughs) I'd encourage you to try to not make big decisions during Lent. But to sit with them, to stay on the mountain, to stay in prayer, to stay in his presence. And see if there's more clarity on the other side of Easter. I'm thinking particularly about relationships and vocation. 
I don't know if, if you're like this. I know like I'm, when I am in the midst of a big decision, I feel anxiety and I want closure and I often will force things so that at least I know where it's going. When you, sometimes I know you have to do that. But most of the times in my life, when out of anxiety I forced something, it did not go well. Almost always I would have been better served to stay in the mountain a little bit longer and just wait. I've almost never regretted an email I didn't send. So that's, that's kind of, it's kind of heavy on my heart tonight. Would you just weigh that? Would you weigh not making a big decision during Lent and just sitting in his presence until Easter? Well, then, of course, the voice comes over him and says, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And Jesus was alone. You know, if you're, if you're looking for a way to describe a Christian, I think it's somebody who listens to Jesus. The living word. And there's a lot of other things we could say about it, but at its core, a Christian is someone who listens to Jesus. And that's how we find out our calling, our place in the world, That's where our emotional anxieties are comforted. That's how we figure out how to live a good life. That's how we figure out who to date and marry. That's how we handle death. It all comes out of that relationship with Jesus, listening to him. This is my son. Listen to him. And so if you're like me, maybe you're a little tired, It's a real busy season. You don't really get a break for quite a while. Can't really go and retreat. Let's make Lent a spiritual retreat and carve out a little time each day to listen. Let's pray.